0: Man, what an incredible, incredible week it's been for me. I hope you've had an awesome week. Uh, it kind of kicked off Monday night. Mama came home. Yeah, that was awesome, man. It was so good to have my wife back. Twenty-three days, and uh, so good to have her back. She was in Ecuador, and uh, man, it's just great to have her back. Um, we're eating more than cereal these days, so um, I definitely missed her. We had something really cool come up this week, I just want to share it with you, but we got to go to South Carolina, Greenville, and uh, we went up there and got to be a part of Marcus Lattimore, of his uh, debut, of his foundation, and it just reminded me that God is awesome, um, you know, God does things that um, just just amaze us, and this was one of those things. We, we um, got to see him and his family, Vernon and Yolanda and Marcus, got to meet his girlfriend, and It was just awesome, just to celebrate um, his foundation, and then also this year to celebrate with anticipation how God's going to use him in the NFL. And so we got to do that. You know, Marcus spoke a year ago, Easter here, and um, that was just such a God story. I want to tell that story, a little bit of it in just a minute, because today's message is about story. It's about the power of story, and um, we're, we're in a series where we're talking about next steps, and um, the, the story is really important. That's one of the next steps. We'll explain that in a minute. But I want to read this to you. This was so cool, man. I learned. Um, his Marcus' foundation is, uh, is dreams. And here's what dreams stand for. Uh, driven righteously to empower athletes' minds spiritually. Isn't that awesome? I mean, this is cool, man. This is not just some joker. This, this is Marcus Lattimore in the NFL who is leveraging his story For God's glory. So, you know, I love that verse. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or play football, NFL for a living, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And that's what he's doing. I'll read this. It said The Marcus uh, Lattimore Foundation Dreams is committed to youth development programs and initiatives which emphasize Christian values, character, life skills, development, education, recreation, health, and wellness. The foundation builds community partnerships with nonprofit organizations and schools to encourage and aid our youth to become upstanding citizen role models and dynamic leaders through teaching Christian virtues of chastity, temperance, charity, diligence, patience, kindness, and humility. This foundation primarily exists to help youth leagues, parents, high school, and college student-athletes. Additionally, DREAMS is committed to providing top-notch medical assistance to high school athletes with severe sports injuries who who may have inadequate health coverage. The foundation educates athletes and parents on the NCAA eligibility requirements, performing sports research in youth activities such as concussion studies and monitoring core body temperatures, and provides outreach programs to South Carolina communities. And I just was so honored to be there and be a part of the debut of his foundation. And I wanted to read that because I believe in Marcus, I believe in his family. But I wanted to read that because when I think of today's message, what an awesome illustration through Marcus. Here was a guy who was, as a freshman in college, everyone was already saying, watch out, Heisman Trophy candidate. And in his sophomore year, had a season-ending injury also occurred in his junior year. And he could have quit. He could have said, man, I quit. Forget this. He could have got angry. He, he's a Christian. He, he could have got angry at God, and been like, why are you doing this to me? But, but did you hear in the video, not everything that happens in our life is because God does it to us, right? But God can take anything and make beautiful things Beautiful things. In fact, I think he took dust one time and created some really beautiful stuff. God can take anything. Maybe you're here today and you're feeling like your life is a little on the dust side. Well, I got really good news because it's not about how good your dust is. You just get excited, right? Then we'll just try that again. It's not, it's not about how, how awesome your dust is. Woo-hoo! It's really about how awesome his breath is. Because his breath is alive. And when he breathes on something, watch out. It's like the Energizer Bunny. He's going to keep going and keep going and keep going. And and I thought about Marcus' story. Here's a a young man who was injured in his sophomore year. Should have never played football again, right? Junior year, they said, he's not probably going to walk again. And you know what he did? He took the lemons, right? And he made lemonade. He said, God, you've allowed this to happen to me. And I'm going to keep a right attitude and I'm gonna keep on keeping on. So I don't know where you're at in your life today, but story is a powerful thing, especially if it's told right. And we're we're in this series about taking next steps. And we all have next steps. So I don't know where you are on the grid. I don't know if you're like a, a, a radical Jesus follower, you love Jesus, you've been walking with Jesus for a little bit or for a long time, and you just fully in love with what God is doing in your life, or, or maybe you're over here, and you're like, man, I'm not sure about the Jesus stuff, and the music sounded good, but, you know, it kind of sounded like a love song to God. I'm not sure about that, you know, but, but I'm not sure why some people are raising their hands. I'm not sure about that, but I'm here. I'm here, and, you know, we continue to say that, that you don't have to be like us to be loved by us. We love you, and we're so thankful for a God that loves us just how we are. Um, he loves us just how we are. You, you don't get cleaned up to come to Jesus, you don't have to get good enough to come to Jesus. Jesus found us just as we were. And he accepted us. He's like, yep, that's exactly what I want. That's exactly who I want. And that's really good news. Because if you're like me, um, you know you're not perfect. And that's the God. That's the God that we serve. So I don't know where you are on the grid. But here's what I want to say. In this series, we all have next steps to take. We all have next steps. And if you if you want to grow, all right, take take. Take the God card off the table. But if you want to grow in life, how many want to grow in life? How many want to grow? How many want to be a better husband, better father, better wife, better mother, better sister, better employee, better business owner, better leader? If you want to grow in life, then growth always requires, always requires somebody not only being persistent, but someone being intentional. Not accidental. In other words, growth happens not by accident, but when we focus on something. Say, okay, I'm going to pay attention here. So, so if you want your marriage to be a better marriage, you got to focus on it. If you want to love your, if you want to love your fiance and and be be the best fiance you can be. You got to focus on it. You got to work on it. If you want if you want your savings to grow, then you have to focus on it. Whatever we do, you have to focus. You don't end up with a million dollars in your bank by accident, right? Very intentional. Very intentional. Well, the same thing is true in our walk in life and in our walk with God. As we are taking steps, it's one step at a time, as we take steps towards God, we grow. We grow. And that's what it's all about. Peter says um, in, in, in one of his books, he said, grow in grace. Do you know what that means? That means that I'm growing where the, the uh, virtues that I read earlier... Humility, patience, those things don't naturally just happen, do they? No, that's a product, it's a fruit of God, of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's when I walk with God and I get closer to God and i spend time with God, reading His Word and talking to God, and listening for God because God likes to speak too, what happens is I begin to grow in grace and I'm, I'm in a different place in my life. And then people are like, dude, something's different about you. And so today... X marks the spot. Today, we want to talk about the power of story. And if you fall asleep today, if you get bored, I hope not, because that would be the worst sin I could commit, I think, would be to bore you or to speak untruth. I want to bring truth, and I, I, I hope that, that, um, that you will receive it today, and you'll believe it, and you'll act on it. You'll live it out starting today. And so, just in case, if you're like, man, I, you know... Um, Just in case you're tired, you had a long night, I want to go ahead and give you what the whole message is about right now. Are you ready? Right now. So don't miss this. Here it is. Ready? Here it is. The power of a story is so important because in your story, you have the power. In other words, you have the key within your story to unlock someone else's future and someone else's freedom. That's the truth, is that the power of your story Everyone in this room, we all have a story, right? Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. Here's what I want to let you know. Every story in this room matters to God. And every story in this room not only matters to God, every person matters to God, but every story in this room is powerful. Whether you think, man, I messed up so bad. I was so far off. Man, I'm telling you, I was a horrible person. Man, I've been through three, four marriages. I've, I've, there's a wake of, of destruction behind me because of how bad I was. I want to tell you something. Jesus is in the business of making all things new. So he really can take dust. And breathe into it the breath of life, and man can really become a living soul. He still does that. Beautiful things from the dust. Beautiful things. So I don't know where you are on this whole grid today, but I want to tell you the reason why you need to listen today to the message is because um, it's going to help us realize that in your story, your story is the key to unlock other people's future and their freedom. What do you mean by that, Tim? Because that sounds kind of cool, and yeah, I'm not really sure. You know, let me explain it to you real quick. I don't know what you struggle with in the past, or maybe currently are struggling with. I don't know what one word the enemy might try to label over you to define you, but that word doesn't define you. God's love defines you. So if you came over here, my past, I had anxiety and depression. It was horrible. Oh, so horrible. I'm telling you, I know what it's like to have a panic attack. I know what it's like to have severe depression. I know what it's like to just, oh, I get all that. That was was there. And by the way, that was even after being a Christian. And even as being a pastor. Living through the pain, right? That was there. But I also know what it's like to be freed from that. And Jesus to set me free. I, I remember what it's like to be in that and wonder if it would ever go away. I wondered why was it here to stay. But what I found out is when I stopped looking at the size of Goliath. And started looking up because God is bigger than the air I breathe. Um, all of a sudden that changed everything. It was a game changer. Maybe you're over here today. You're stuck in the mud. And you're over here and it's like ugh. And you're being defined by What word? What I want to tell you is God is in the business of taking your misery and making it your ministry. Your story is your story because God is going to get glory. See, I minister to a lot of people. There are people, you see, when you have depression, you feel like you're the only one. When you have real bad anxiety, you feel like you're the only one. And you feel like you're the only one and... and, and, and But I've been able to minister to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, probably more than that, who had the same or have the same issue, the same problem, the same challenge, the same obstacle, the same trial, and the same tears. And it's only because I went through it that I can look back and help people through it. Are you with me? Your story is very powerful. Because then your story is the key to help unlock not only someone's future but someone's freedom. That's good stuff. Let's look at um, let's look at First Peter. You remember who Peter was? Peter was the guy that that um, he you know Jesus got in his boat and said, "Man, hey, I know you've been fishing all night, but and I know you're a fisherman. It's what you do. You're professional. But throw your net to the other side." And Peter's like. Yes, Lord. Whoa! Right? Peter was the guy that um, would speak up and say things. He'd say, Lord, I never betray you. Never do that. And Jesus, like, well, easy, buddy. Um, Before rooster crows three times, you will have denied me three times. Peter was the guy who, uh, Jesus, if that's you, call me out of the boat. I want to I come to you. No, none of the other disciples did that. That was Peter. Peter was also the guy that when they were going to kill him, because he was a Jesus follower unto death. You see, he lived in a time where if you believed in Jesus, they would kill you. You know, that still happens today in our world, right? We just had a missionary that, uh, uh, that was set free in another country. I had a lady I heard about the other day. I forget if it was Afghanistan, I believe. She was pregnant. And just literally this last week, she had converted from Islam to Christianity. And they were going to murder her. They were going to kill her, the government, because she switched over. And yet, thank God, they just set her free. Peter lived in that same time and day and age where you could die for your faith. It wasn't like just cool. You know, like it cost you something. And Peter was the guy that when they went to crucify him, Peter said, Peter said this, he said, I'm not even worthy to be to be crucified or killed or become a martyr the same way my Savior was. So they crucified him upside down. Crucifixion was horrible because when... When it was a hard time, you'd have a hard time breathing. You'd literally have to take your legs and you'd push up for a breath and grasp it. And then you'd come back down and they'd break the legs. You imagine being crucified upside down. Something had happened in Peter where Peter went from being an unbeliever to seeing Jesus. And it changed him so much that when they said, we will kill you if you don't deny him. He said, go ahead. Now, we're getting ready to read his words. Are you ready? Listen to this. I'm reading from the message, 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to read 13 through 18. If with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? I didn't mention this last gathering, but I love this because we are a community of Jesus followers who together are an unstoppable force for Good driven to change the world. If with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? Romans would tell us, um, Paul Paul would say in Romans, he'd say, if God's for us, who can be against us? Even if you suffer for it, suffer for what? Suffer for doing good. Even if you suffer for it, you're still better off. Now, why do you think Peter would say these things? Why would he say, if with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? Because the enemy wants to lie to us And as soon as we start to live for God, as soon as we say, okay, I'm going to take that next step, I'm going to take that next step, I'm going to take that next step, I'm going to get baptized, I'm going to give my life to Jesus, I'm going to get baptized, I'm going to join a serve team, I'm going to uh, join a community group, I'm going to begin to love my neighbor as myself, whatever step it is that you're taking, the enemy comes a little bit harder, doesn't he? And if you don't realize that we have an enemy, I want to tell you something. He's not out, you know, playing. We do have an enemy, this is war. You know, if you're a Marine, I said that last gathering, a bunch of Marines. Yeah. If you're in the Navy. Now, guys, y'all had caffeine. I'm trying to get this. If you're in the Army the Air Force. There we go. Yes, sir. I see you, sir. I see you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. You're in the Coast Guard. We gave it up last time for the Coast Guard, so I just want to do it again. Just give it up for the Coast Guard. Whatever you're in. You are in because you realize that there's an enemy. And you don't sign up to serve, right? And then find yourself in another country or specifically where our men and women, thank God for them, consistently put themselves in harm's way to keep us free. Thank God for them. Right? But 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 it's one thing to sign up, it's another thing to end up in a place where it's hostile. When you give your life to Jesus, all of a sudden the enemy's like, whoa. Mark that man. And the enemy comes on strong. And what Peter's saying here is Peter's like, yo, 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 listen, listen up. Because I know that it's going to get hard. It's going to get tough. Listen to this. Even if you suffer for it, for what? For doing good. You're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought. Now that's like, don't be naive that there's an enemy out there. What that's saying is don't focus on Goliath. Focus on God. That was a little weak. I worked really hard on that statement. Let's try that again. Don't focus on Goliath, because he's 10 foot tall. Focus on God, who can make him fall. That's what we're talking about, all right? It just kind of came to me. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts, I love this, add attention in adoration before Christ your master. Don't focus on Goliath. Focus on Jesus. Be ready to speak up. Here's our text today, but I want you to see the context, the verses around it. Here's our, here's where we want to hone in today. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are and always with utmost courtesy. I like that. Thanks for putting that in there. You know, something about screaming at people, even if you're saying good things. When you scream at people, that tone really speaks louder than the words, right? And so when we're telling other people about Jesus, always with utmost courtesy, Hmm. keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. It's better to suffer for doing good if that's what God wants. You mean that God might actually want me to suffer for doing good? Sometimes. I mean, that was the whole Jesus plan. If that's what God wants, then to be punished for doing bad is better. To suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to be punished for doing bad. That's what Christ did definitively. He suffered because of others' sins. The righteous one for the unrighteous ones. He went through it all. He was put to death and then made alive. Would you read the next couple words with me? To bring us to God. So I want to talk to you real quick about story. And, and, and I want to just let you know that you, you cannot miss next week. Next week we're going to read John 9. Go ahead and read it ahead of time. But John 9, is going to be amazing next week. as We're going to talk about someone who is sharing their story. Because here's what I know. Your story is powerful. And it matters There are people today in the room that you think that your story has eliminated you from God using you. What I want you to know is your story is probably the very thing propelling you to set people free and to help them reach their future. Story Stories are awesome if it's told. Phenomenal. That's why I was so crazy about baptism. I love baptisms. My favorite day of the year, honestly, is when we do beach baptism. Last Saturday, 99 people. Man, you know, Paul said, I'm not going to boast unless I'm boasting in Jesus. So can we just boast in Jesus this morning? Can we try that one more time and like seriously make some noise? Can we 99 courageous, obedient Warriors took that step. We had children, teenagers, and adults. I think Ian. I think I saw Ian. Ian, you in the house this morning? It's good to see you, sir. Stand up, Ian. Look at Ian. Ian got baptized. 99. You took that step. You took a step. You were intentional. The enemy fought some of you really, really hard. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he does, and don't be surprised by it. It's like getting in an octagon and be like, oh, you trying to hit me? (laughs) Duh. Yeah, I'm trying to knock you out. Mama said to knock you out. So, So 99 people, 99 balloons, 99 balloons, 99 people, each one of those balloons represent each one person, but 99 represents each story. And the enemy hates when you tell your story. The Bible says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word, which when you take the word testimony, that's the right word, and then you put it in another word, that word is story, your testimony. It's your story. It's like, man, this is how it is. In other words, next week, we're going to talk about the guy in the Bible. He was like, man, Jesus healed him. And they're like, what happened? Tell us. And he's like, I I, 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 I was blind. But, that's where Jesus came into the picture. Now I see. And they're like, ah, forget that crap. They're like, what happened? Tell us again. And he's like, no, no, did you not hear me? I just told you the story. I was blind. For some of us, that was our story. That's where our story was. In other words, it was the before Jesus. So before, and then Jesus, and then after. There are people here today, you're part of, you just got baptized, and your before was really horrible. Then you met Jesus, and now you're living in the after. It's a beautiful aftermath. There are people like that, and what I want to tell you today is your story, your story. And I'm going to, over the next couple weeks, we're actually just going to hang out here. We're going to marinate in story for a bit. Because the greatest opportunity you have to eternally love your friends and family is to learn how to tell them your story. We're going to learn how to become excellent storytellers. A picture is worth a thousand words, right? Well, I want you to look at the screens. We're going to show um, some incredible stories from last Saturday. Ninety-nine people following Jesus, saying, I want the Jesus jersey. I'm not ashamed to take a stand. Not ashamed for people to know I'm a Jesus follower. Would you look at the screens? And let's watch this together. 99 stories. 99 stories. We're going to learn the next couple weeks how to tell your story. So here's the homework. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home, and I want you this next week to do two things. Number one, I want you to write out your story. For some of you, you're meticulous. It's going to be a book. Don't let that intimidate you. Write it. For some of you, you're a man or a woman, a few words. That's okay, too. Just write it. If you're a Jesus follower, if you've given your life to Jesus, you had a before, and then you had a Jesus moment, and then you had an after. Would you write that out in those three phases? Before, Jesus, after. I want you to write that out, and next week we're going to talk about this guy and his story, and then we're going we're to talk about how that relates to us and how we can leverage our story because it really is our greatest opportunity. To realize that we have a key that's in our story to unlock other people's futures for eternity. Just want to say that. And their freedom. It's good news, man. I can't wait till next week.